Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to Card Authority for 2021. I thought, you know, as we're starting off a new year, we might as well start with both our faces on the screen. Normally, it's just me, Jenks, and I bring you in. How are you, sir? How was your break? Are you all ready for a massive 2021 of Card Authority? I am uh, Mr. Jeffries. My apologies. I'm just looking away momentarily whilst I just uh, share the uh, stream to a couple of other pages oh, and make sure it. everyone's, check. everyone's check. aware that we're up. Good one. How's your break, mate? Uh, yeah, really good. Really, really good break. Um, as you know, I managed to get away with my family for a little while, which was fantastic. But otherwise, it's been uh, really interesting, obviously, in terms of trading cards because things really haven't taken a break, and especially with AFL where usually there would be a slow down in the cycle so yeah it's uh yeah it's, it's been really interesting but in a physical sense good i managed to get away up to the gold coast for a little bit and i also went down to the morning to peninsula for a little bit as well which was uh fantastic all the while you guys all held down the fort so with uh, all the things that i'm doing with cards so that was great yeah we've certainly been very busy at obviously rgv victories uh brad and matt have done a sensational job and um yeah you know obviously i've been trying to keep out of trouble with rgv breaks and find a few hits for people, but um, yeah, it just never stops. It's been a busy, busy few months. G'day, everybody. Lockie, g'day, Laffin, William, Chris, how are you, boys? That's it, Chris. The AJs are back. The AJs yeah. are back indeed. Um, look, I definitely I definitely think that the release of Brilliance, which obviously no one saw coming, including us, was a big thing that really at a time where the momentum had really dropped, and I know we talked about this late last year, but at the time the momentum had really dropped, that really got things sparked right back up again. And I feel like yep. interactions-wise within the hobby have just been massive off the back of that, and it's reignited everything else as well. And I would say the first sign of any form of, like, slowdown at an interaction level was maybe a few days ago, to be honest, um, and maybe things taper off a bit for the next few weeks, months or whatever until footy stars again. Yeah, and, and look, I kind of see the same thing as well, and I think... Um... You know, g'day Kelly, how are you going? Sorry, the, the we've updated our system here. A few little things are a little bit buggy. Oh, there we go. Beautiful, it worked. Um, yeah, I certainly noticed a little bit of a slowdown. Um, and I think that's given certainly a good opportunity for, you know, I guess breakers to certainly do some things a little bit outside the box. And I mean, yeah, Sean's popped up in our chat either um, as well. And, you know, what the guys did at Fast Breaks over the last couple of days where, they completely put a whole new concept out of how to do a break and it was really embraced. So I think it, it was a great concept. Great concept. Really, that, that rolling break thing is absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so if anyone that doesn't know Sean Laffin, who's on the stream at the moment is uh, one of the two brothers who are the big brains behind uh, fast breaks and uh, they do run a fantastic gig over there. So make sure you check it out. But Sean obviously goes a long way back with us, including with RGV and everything else. And with myself, we both joined the hobby at a similar time. And we obviously speak a lot and we consult with each other a lot about what's going on in the scene. Those guys did this rolling breaks thing and people should go check it out. It's so smart. And Sean knows I messaged him straight away and I was like, wow, that is uh, a really fantastic concept. It's super innovative. And you don't know this, AJ, but I did say to Sean that if it wasn't so innovative and unique, 
I would probably just steal the concept for RGB brakes as well. But well, uh, it is, it's a, it's a ripper. It's an absolute ripper. You, you, you beat me to it, and I'll apologize in advance, Sean. We probably will steal it at some point. <laughs> as we sort of borrowed blind brakes off Luke Francis and other people borrowed that off us. Um, but, yeah, full credit to uh, both Sean and Chris. They great innovation. And, um, oh, yeah, William was saying was awesome. And there were a lot of laughs, and, you know, a lot, a lot of people had a great time. And, actually, that reminds me too um, – Box break TV. I, uh, I forgot it. I think it's Kane. Kane's, yeah, Kane. Kane's a you know a new guy that's sort of doing some really amazing stuff too. I looked at his overlay yesterday. I, I found my way into his group. So you know, well done, Kane. You know, you're obviously doing some great things. And if you guys haven't checked out Box Break TV, go go and find them on Facebook as well. But I guess that gets me back to the point of everyone is being innovative. And if you you know rewind back to our last show for 2020. I think what my wish was that people be brave. People go and try some stuff. Um, you know, whether it's a break or it's a podcast or a new eBay store or whatever it might be, this community is fantastic. There's heaps of people. Everyone is loving it. You know, be brave and try something. No one is ever going to, well, you'd like to think no one's going to knock you off your pedestal for trying something. So, um, yeah. One of the cool things I've seen a yeah. lot of over the last sort of three, four weeks even, look, for the last year, but more so in the last few weeks, is the amount of people getting their Instagrams and their Facebook pages yeah. with cards up and firing. Yeah. Um, so a lot of individuals, it's not just a business thing, but a lot of people within the community have really seen, seen you know, Instagram as a great outlet and opportunity. And um, it's a really good opportunity for lots of card connectors, collectors to actually connect. So I know actually... Um, Tyrone, who's a big Saints man, actually messaged me this morning saying, oh, I know there's an advertising thread. I wanted to post a link to uh, to my Instagram page. It's not like a commercial entity. It's not advertising. But I thought, you know, is that a good place to do it? And I said, absolutely. You can post it on there. But however, it did give me the idea that I'm definitely going to do it in the really good vibes community is I'll put up a pinned post later on for anyone who has any social pages for their cards, whether it's their personal card page or a business card page, whatever it is, I'll get that up on Good Vibes and we'll put that up as an announcement and a pinned post as well where everyone can put their links into that. Um, and I think it'll probably give us a bit of a gauge about how many people are actually active on social media, like really active within the, the card collecting community as well. I think it's a lot more a lot more than what we we actually think at the moment we're so you know facebook focused and facebook group focused and ebay and oscar trader and all that sort of stuff but there's a whole nother world floating around on instagram so yeah we'll try and uh, give that a bit of airtime too yeah g'day wesley how you going mate g'day bob how's things yes look you know jenks did have a big break this afternoon but Look, we try not to push our stuff too much, but you know, <laughs> and I don't want to give Jenks an opportunity to hold one over me that he had a pretty good break at RGV breaks. But anyway, um, that, that's a great thing. And I think, look, obviously Good Vibes, um, you know, it's a community that you guys have built really strongly. It's not so much about pushing other commercial entities, but if we can continue to build the community and get people to enjoy... Um, you know, other people's cards or collections or things like that, we are all for that. I guess I'm talking a little bit on your behalf there, but we're certainly happy to promote any of those things we can. Same thing on Instagram. Look, we've only got a very small following here at Card Authority, but if you are, you know, 
if you tag us, we're more than happy to share and, you know, promote other good pages on Instagram as well. So absolutely. Yeah. Look, I think you and I are both, yeah, and, and I get asked this a lot and I assume you do as well is especially after when we do breaks, like a lot of people come and say things about the fact of like, wow, you're, you're, you guys are full on promoting other people's businesses, you know, within your own breaks and people that, that are effectively competitors and whatnot. And uh, as I continue to tell people, I'm a big believer that although we may be competitors with people, we're all actually part of the same scene and we're part of the same community. And I'm intent on doing whatever I can to help empower people to build the whole community. Yep. It's, not, it's not about us building what we do at a commercial level. It's about I'd rather build the entire segment, the entire hobby, the entire market, the whole industry, what, you know, however people want to categorise it. And I think the, a great way to do that is to, to show people all the options that are available, give people the opportunities. Because the reality is for us too as individuals is we go in as many, if not more, breaks on all the other pages as anyone else. We are... Be collect, you know, we're collectors, we're contributors, we get involved in all different levels and why should everyone else not be afforded those same opportunities? And the only way people are going to know about those opportunities is if there's cross-promotion happening and, and things like that. So, again, I think the camaraderie and the level of respect that the different both collectors and operators within AFL cards very specifically have for each other is quite unique to what we do. We are a competitive space but we also understand the concept that we are a very particular genre and very specific to, to this sort of mark, the domestic market here and working together and not so much working together, but supporting what each other, yeah, you know, what, what, supporting. Yeah, supporting what each other do is what helps to build confidence in the whole scene. And that's where we see more and more people get involved and more and more people be comfortable. And, you know, I, I, I've harped on about it before. You know, I'm a big believer that the people and the market itself will determine what is good and what is bad. And the only way they're going to know is if they dip their toe in and test it out. If someone has a bad experience somewhere or doesn't like something or a particular breaker or someone that's doing a lottery or whatever or a community, whatever it is, they'll make that decision themselves and they'll move on to what they do like. And ultimately that's what cleans things up. And that's what, what you know, as I say, the cream rises to the, to the top. And in any maturing, you know, industry like trading cards is, we're going to see a lot of people come in as opportunists and try and set up and operate. And a lot of them legitimately, but not all will survive. And we're best to let the market determine and the people determine who will survive and who will thrive and who won't and who needs to adjust and be more innovative and all those sorts of things. So, yeah, all about growing the whole hobby for me and the whole scene. And look, Jenks, while we've got some rare clear internet at your space, can you move the screen with my face more to your right because it's really creepy you looking right to the left the whole time on camera. There we go. Another camera, just the screen, your screen. I know you're on your big screen. That's it. You're looking at me now. Beautiful. Um, yeah, and that's right. It's, it's so high. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, I just saw you sort of looking over there and I kept all that way. I'm yeah. feeling like okay. I need to look over um, and, and that's exactly right. Like we have been very staunch supporters. And again, this is not about us. This is not, you know, it's not why we're talking about this. It's we have really strong intentions of wanting to grow this and any way we can across a whole range of verticals we certainly want to do so as always um you know 
reach out to us. You know, we cop a lot of feedback, positive and negative, um, as I'm sure everyone does. But look, um, if there's something we can do and we can help promote you guys in some way, reach out to us either together, separately, through one of our pages, whatever. Um, yeah. And always, as, as those who have been with us for the for the uh, long haul so far with Card Authority, which has been all of about 14. three Show 14. So there you go. Show 14. It's been all of like three or four months. But uh, as you guys know, if you're on the stream with us and you're in the comments, we do try and give people as many shout outs as possible. So without spamming it too hard, if you want to drop a link into your page, AJ1, who's got control of the keyboard functions over there, can uh, try throw it up on the screen for you uh, as well. So the viewers get to see a link to your page or whatever it is. We're absolutely uh, always happy to do that. Yeah, look, Paul, some don't. But look, as, as many viewers will know after 14 shows, we don't really want to get negative. Um, we like to be as positive as we can. Um, again, we want to talk about all the good things that are happening. So, and, and Paul, a staunch collector who's been around for a very long time, he's seen it all before and he knows uh, he knows how it, uh, how it goes and it's just the way it is. And yeah, it's, as you said, we try and uh, focus on the things that we're doing and trying to make the things that we're doing as good as they possibly can be and as inclusive as possible. And we'll just, we'll just keep doing that. And as, as we say, anyone who we think is doing it, doing a good job out there and, and providing a service to the community, whether it's breaks, whether it's pages, whether it's another podcast, whatever it is, oh, we're always that. happy to, uh, to support those and promote those. And, we're obviously seeing a huge flurry of it and it'll become a topic of conversation as we lead into more releases of course there'll be plenty of new pages and breakers and things that pop up and the same conversations will take place and people will put posts up on facebook about it um but i think you, you know we're almost as a hobby as a segment we're almost beyond it you know what i mean we're, we're past we're past it we should be past the the need for people to to you know, have it as a significant topic of conversation of negativity, I suppose, and just put focus on all those really great po positive things as well that are around. So, so yeah, again, be brave, try something, whether it's a page, a podcast, a break, whatever it is, get involved in this great community and let's keep it growing. And, um, yeah, apparently, cards are huge on TikTok at the moment. I'm not really? sure, yeah, but apparently, there's some pretty cool videos and stuff going around, and especially now because. I wish so we knew, so I wish we celebrities knew and stuff are getting involved. You look at what's going on, especially with the NBA at the moment. It's uh, it's just it's notching up to a whole nother level again. The season obviously started, but cards. You know, when you got people like Chris Brown, you know, who is quite a polarizing character, and many dislike him, but he is a global superstar, no matter how you look at it. And when all of a sudden he's posting live streams of breaks he's involved in. And you couple that with mainstream media coverage and financial media coverage and everything, probably a bit of an indicator as to how big the position of trading cards are within the global headspace and the global marketing space of people. Well, I mean, obviously, wouldn't it be great if we knew someone that was a TikTok expert there, AJ? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure we know plenty. Uh, well, hang on a sec. What's this? Gareth, 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 Gareth from, from TikTok. Oh, no, no. I, I don't, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if that's a story we want to, uh, we want to be exploring, Gareth. But good luck to you, mate. So Ryan Robbie's asked, are there any Aussie sports stars into trading cards? Well, a Andrew Bogut is one that uh, it, it's pretty widely broadcasted that he used to be really big into cards. I'm not sure if he still is. Athletes wise, I know there's some NRL boys that run, Cam, run a brace page. Cam Munster, I think, is Munster, huge yeah. in the NBA. 
They run their own break cage. I sure yeah. I got I got trolled the other day on an NBA page from some bloke from Married at First Sight and was trolling me about uh, my Jar Morant Black Label, which uh, actually has uh, recently been sold for a record amount, I believe. But mm. uh, but uh, yeah, that was pretty funny. And then of course my good friend uh, Esso from Bliss and Esso. For those who are into hip hop music in Australia. Um, one third of the group plus Sineso, he is very big into NBA cards at the moment and goes in a lot of people's breaks and posts a lot on his Instagram as well. So we'll definitely get him on the show at some point. And Sherry, you are spot on. We, we forget Ben Griffiths, the yes, former Tiger legend. He's a very much a regular in, a, in this community. So make sure yeah. if you see Benny Griff around, you say hello and let him know how much of a fan you are. Yeah, and Aaron Norton's mother collects cards, funnily enough. Mm. I once sold her a card on eBay. Thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah Graham. Uh, Graham just yeah, I I saw that as well on uh, Sports Card World in South Australia. Maddie and those guys, the Cole Chalmers was in the store. So, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it's a it's a snapshot of community trading cards. So it doesn't surprise me that some of the sports guys are into it. And no doubt, like every one of us, when I say one of us, every person who's in this conversation on the stream at the moment, you can probably all attest to the fact that. The conversation you have with an individual right now about trading cards is very, very different to what it even was 12 months ago. So, you know, it's fair to say that most people who are not into trading cards previously looked at trading cards as a very, let's say, adolescent or childish type of thing. I think the conversations going on right now are probably a reflection that the game has changed significantly and there's genuine massive interest at all demographics and all levels. I, for one, know like the amount of people that, know I'm involved in trading cards across like my personal life now that I get bailed up by on almost a daily basis is quite phenomenal. And it's everything from, hey, I have all my cards from the 80s and 90s. Are they worth anything? Through to, hey, I want to invest in trading cards or I heard this or I saw this or someone told me this or I read this. Or the fact of the matter is people are approaching me at a personal level to talk about trading cards something which was previously probably frowned upon to some sort of extent. So it's uh, it's very exciting. It's exciting times to be part of it. Yeah. Jono, Marsh loves Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon? Wow. I'll have to look into that, Tyrone. Mm, mm. There you go. Very interesting. Oh, that's another interesting from Paul as well. Brandon Ellis. Brandon Ellis. His mum kept buying. It makes sense, your mum or your dad yeah. buying your cards. Yeah, that's like the Nordens. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Alan Jakovic is major, majorly into cards, says Kelly Taylor. Yeah, nice. There nice. you go. So I reckon we would start to uncover. There's a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I watched the drink cards. John, ben, yeah, John Benpunson, the extra three player collects new footy cards. When says Cherry. Well, well, welcome on board, Cherry Gang. Yeah, well. And of course, we we're, we're mentioning a couple of really reputable places, guys. There's uh, there's nowhere else to go if you're after NBA stuff or cards in general. Make sure you go and check out Cherry Collectibles, Dale Blake, and of course Big G. There, they will uh, they're the best in the business. So make sure you go and check them out. They are uh, they know what they're doing. Huge supporters of Card Authority. So thank you, boys, for being back on again for 2021. But to answer your question, Cherry. I might have a little bit of info later on in the show. So stay tuned. Um, all right. So, look, we, we've covered a little bit in our run sheet. As always, Jenks, you've gone completely off script. But, oh, Paul, but Paul Richardson, um, good that you're around, though, because I wanted to talk a little bit about cricket. Um, 
obviously the cricket release was sold out basically at wholesale level really quickly, I believe. Um, I'm sure Paul will be able to give us more details about this when we, um, as he sees this. Yeah, so for, for the, sorry to cut you off. For those yeah. that don't know, we're referring to Paul because he's an absolute stalwart of not just the card hobby in Australia, but very much the man who has championed cricket for a very long time. Paul runs the Cricket Trading Card Australia page. Paul, throw up a link when you get a chance. We'll pop that on the screen for you. Um, but a, a real authority, pardon the pun, uh, when it comes to trading cards. And Paul and I certainly, and you as well, Andrew, had some great uh, conversations early on yep. um, about the landscape for cricket and how things were changing because the manufacturer had changed and everything like that. And Paul certainly predicted it was going to be pretty hot. And it certainly came out the gates that way. Back over to you, AJ1. Yeah, well, I mean, again, it shows you haven't read the run sheet because you were meant to ask me what I thought of cricket. So uh, there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, cricket has been absolutely sensational. We were lucky enough to get our hands on a couple of cases and we did break some. I saw you just read it then. We actually were, were lucky enough to get a couple of cases at RGB breaks and I, I broke it. And as a cricket fan, it is such a fun product to break. Um, there's literally hits galore. I know you love doing the packing for it and the sleeving for it, um, but it's such a fantastic product to break. There's so many hits. I think there's still a little bit of a way to go um, for value and probably return. Um, the hits, the top-end hits are very good, but probably the middle and the low-range hits will gather some steam as it, you know more people start collecting. And obviously, the the cricket um, segment of collectors is tiny compared to what AFL is. But over time, I can see this being looked back as one of the first refreshes of release, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, 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 it will be looked back very favorably. I think some of the cards are really good. These Mojo Rubies that they have that are numbered to 40, they're a legitimate great insert. Yeah, so um, signature cards are pretty nice as well. Um, there's a bunch of the cards. Look, it, it seems to me, as someone who really doesn't know much about cricket, let's be honest, like it's not my my big sport. Um, I don't know a huge amount of it, unlike you, who's the president of a local cr cricket club and think he, thinks that he can play cricket just because he's the president of a club. But uh, let's uh, let's not get too ahead of ourselves there. But look, I don't fully understand it. Obviously, we broke down a bunch for some breaks, and then you and I have both broken down a bit of product with the kids and stuff as well. Yep. And from a kid's perspective, it is just loaded with colored cards. Like obviously all the different teams having a fully different color coded card as well is yep. really fun for the kids to do. The inserts and the numbering, some of them you can see are really kid oriented and then some of them are collector oriented based on the purely on the numbering and the type of card that it is as well. To me, it's a loaded product. It has not reached its peak or its level of maturity in terms of its secondary market value, probably a little bit away from that still. What I did notice online is that it's a very collected, oh, uh, sorry, a very traded type of product. So less sales threads, more trade threads, which is probably an indicator of a very early sort of marketplace where, where the, the liquidity is not in play at a financial level it's more people are breaking down the stock in order to trade for very specific sets and very specific teams. So I definitely noticed a lot of that. But uh, as you said, as far as I'm concerned, everything I'm hearing at like an, a back-end industry level from, from everyone from the, the retailers through to the breakers and everything else is that 
it's very hard to get your hands on that product that basically does not exist anymore at a wholesale level. You can only buy it over the counter where it's already stocked or pick it up across breaks. You know, you and I have obviously been unsuccessful in securing huge amounts of it or more of it. You know, an opportunity came up actually a couple of weeks ago where some return cases had come back and we managed to, to snag one of those, which was fantastic. But otherwise, it seems like what's out there is just about what's out there. So yep. if you consider an influx of people moving forward that want to start collecting cricket cards, well, you can say this set is going to be very hard to find. And as a result, should probably increase in value due to due to price pressure and demand pressure on it. So I think uh, probably things that can be improved on, but all in all, the new manu manufacturer that picked up a license, TLA, probably smashed it out of the park, really. Yeah, and, and look, I'm going to preemptively head something off. There was a picture floating around uh, a couple of days ago about a news agent that was selling some packets cheap. I don't know if you saw that, Janks. Someone posted um, a receipt for something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't read too much into that. I, I mean, I know stories of all sorts of cards getting reduced. You've got to realise that these news agents or hobby shops or wherever it is, they've bought stock. You know, new releases are coming out all the time. Sometimes they just have to clear some stock. I wouldn't read too much into that. Um, yeah, I've, I've had one successful mission associated with reduced stock, but from what I, I can tell, it rarely happens. It doesn't really ever happen. Yeah. Um, it's a rarity, yeah. It's a rarity because I think as well that the manufacturers across all retail segments, it doesn't matter if it's a card category or something else, they don't, they don't actually allow it very much. They'd almost prefer product to be returned than to be discounted. So like my parents who have been in, in wholesale and import for for decades have always had a very specific policy about not don't discount our product. We'd rather take returns than it be discounted because you're devaluing the market and you're also creating an unfair playing field. So yeah, it, I haven't seen it happen often, but it does happen from time to time and people rightfully jump on it when they see it. So, yeah, and yeah. it's the business actually losing money when they do that. So for whatever reason, they're choosing to do that. Yeah. So be it. Um, and yes, Gareth, you know, maybe there will be a spin-off Cricket Authority. Never know. <laughs> Cam, <laughs> Stevens, Cam Stevens got a good comment there. If we can fit yeah. that on the screen, that's, a, that's an interesting stat there. Soccer and cricket is the first and second biggest sports in the world, according to Google, but I don't think their cards are popular. Well, soccer cards hit a little bit Blowing of a up. And I yeah. think Sherry will probably be able to answer that. I know there was... There was huge hype leading into the was it the Euro release from Panini perhaps? Well, Prism, the EPL, the EPL yeah. Prism, which I think has just released recently. I haven't done a heap of research into it, but from what I can gather, it is the sealed stock price has absolutely skyrocketed, and the big hits, the autos and the Prism stuff is just popping really hard. Um, I busted some other shit. Sorry, I busted some other things with Dylan a few weeks ago. Uh, what did I get? Some news agency uh, uh, near our place. It was like I think it's called like Adrenaline Match Match Attacks or some shit like that. It was cheap, it's like two dollar a packet card. So we, you know, I bought like twenty packs of it from the news agent. We uh, we busted that open, and then look, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you in on something, AJ, that you don't know about here. I am guilty a couple of days ago. I was on the Big W website looking to see if they had any card releases going up and I did see the absolute match attacks, dregs of the soccer cards and put in a max order for 20 back. Oh, wow. I'm a full degenerate. I am a full degenerate, but it's uh, it's for Dylan, for the kids to open. I figure oh. I may as well let him crack something open. 
better he's opening two dollar packets of soccer than wanting to open all our all our good expensive stuff uh for the breaks so yeah, yeah, that's all right. I, I can cop that. I can cop but yeah, that. Soccer's, soccer's blown up massive. Lots of these sports have and they'll continue to. 2021 should be huge for soccer, huge for UFC, huge for everything really because people are looking for lower price entries. They get the lower price entry and that's that sport gets spotlighted. But yeah, the world game, yeah, I don't know how it hasn't previously been huge, to be honest. Yeah, and you, you touch on UFC. UFC has been big. I know, obviously, um, Don at Band Breaks has a, a UFC page, which is you know, huge. And I, I was down at EJ's must've been before Christmas. And they were telling me that UFC is like their third biggest card release behind like NBA and AFL, all the traffic yeah. coming to their store. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Richo's just mentioned something about the NFL, NFL prism. Um, don't you, don't Jenks just buys, just be careful. There you go. There you go. So the, the NFL prism. So look, this is my understanding. NFL prisms kicked off. I will, be honest i did get in on the 25 dollars each from eb games and for those that watched the the i did a rant when i was doing a random the other night we ended up cracking open a packet with dylan afterwards of uh of those just to see what would come out of it and uh yeah look it's like the prism nba product for anyone that's familiar with it it's got very similar subsets the same sort of look and feel it's a nice product and presumably they run that prism across all the all their uh subsidiary sports and brands from what i can gather prism as a sub-brand is just become absolutely massive. So whether it's NBA, NFL, soccer, whatever it is, it's become absolutely huge. And what I'm seeing is people from the NBA world who collect Prism and are into Prism are now speculating on the other sports, Prism only, they're not buying up. So let's say your NBA guys buying Prism NFL, but not buying Don Russ NFL. So that, that's probably a good example of what's going on there. And uh, yeah, as Paul said, they were twenty five bucks at EB. Um, I'm pretty sure you can't find them for less than like forty or fifty dollars on eBay or online now. And I think the expectation within the NFL collectors market is though that product will continue to price hike significantly. So yeah, uh, Prism, Prism overall, I think is is a hot thing. So maybe people should stay on the lookout for Prism. Yeah, and I just saw a message here from Jason that I'll put up on the screen. Obviously, we've talked about Card Zone a lot, um, Wangy down in. Um, South Melbourne, I believe it is, has been an absolute stalwart of our industry, but looks like he's closing down his retail store and really moving online. So, um, yeah, Steve, Stephen Wang, obviously one of the veterans of this industry. So um, there might be some nice handy deals there if you want to pop down. Yeah, so thanks for that, Jace. I didn't even know that was the case. Anyone that, yeah, anyone that wants to check it out is uh, located at Peel Street, North Melbourne, opposite the Queen Victoria Market. Yep. Would be would be back open in the physical store at the moment. Huge array of cards across all different series and all different eras and decades, and huge volumes of folders, protective wear, all that sort of stuff. And as you said, an absolute multi uh, multi generational uh, stalwart of the industry. Someone who hung in there through thick and thin, through the collapse of the junk wax era, and survived it when no one else really did, and everything like that. So. Uh, yeah, if anyone in Melbourne that does want to check that out, as Jay said, uh, Card Zone and its operator Steve Wang seem to be closing the retail frontage. So make sure you uh, get down, check it out, or check him out online, or give him a ring in the yeah, store and, as well. And, yeah. and lots of comments going through. Everyone's talking about Prism. Um, yeah, yeah, it's huge. So, so look, yeah, cricket was fantastic. Really enjoyed breaking it. Um, you know, can't wait to see how cricket products evolve over the next 12, 24 months. I feel like. Domestic cricket, international cricket, 
You know, it's like soccer. It's a game that's played everywhere. There's no reason why that shouldn't be a big-time collecting card. Agree. And I wonder if it follows the actual trend that we're seeing at the moment of people fulfilling sets, getting collections and getting things done and then trying to look for other stuff to, to get involved in, um, both at a financial level but at an interaction level as well. So I wonder if we see the older cricket stuff come back in. Because my understanding is some of the previous releases of cricket back in the early to mid-2000s were some amazing series that didn't see the light of day to, to a yeah. very large extent, I, I suppose. Futura, Futura, something like yeah, that. Yeah, Futura or Futura, however you uh, yeah. you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some sick signatures and that stuff. I mean, I, I was looking into it uh, about a month ago trying to dig up some. I had a couple of avenues, but um, I haven't been successful yet. But, I mean, there's some elite signatures like Warney and Bradman and, you know, Steve War and stuff like that. So yeah, some of that stuff could be awesome. And I'm sure, you know, people will want to collect that. Yeah. What's your general feeling at the moment about the whole the whole hobby and industry of trading cards in general, both domestically within Australia and internationally? Like what's your vibe for twenty twenty one? Where do you where do you feel like things are going? Um I I can't look, I guess I'm classed as one of the new generation of collectors. And yeah. it's not as though I was just a COVID collector which I think there were some people that would fall into that category. I know I am legitimately excited about what's going to happen this year and will obviously put my money where my mouth is. Obviously, I'm you know, committed to the industry with all the things that we do together. But on a personal level, I, I think it's a huge year ahead for AFL. NBA, I still haven't got my, my head around NBA. Like as I talked to you multiple times, there feels like there's just so much product and as someone who is a player and a team collector, that kind of blows my mind. When you said to me the other day, there was something like 2,000 Zion different rookie cards that you could get in 2020. I'm sure someone has a stat, but I remember reading you. It was like something like 2,500 different Zion rookie variations, and there's yeah. only two years' worth of cards. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, as a Dusty collector, I mean... I don't think I could even fathom there being 50 dusty cards in a year, let alone two and a half thousand. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that will be, yeah, that, yeah. So I, I think that, you know, to get back to your point, I think the industry is in a really good place. I think there is lots of new money that's come in that's still loving it and enjoying it away from COVID. But yeah. I also think there is a whole heap of, old collectors and you know i won't say any names but we've spoken about half a dozen people that have reached out to you and have come back and found the love for it yeah yes there's going to be people always whinging and whining that they can't buy cases like they used to and all that sort of stuff but i guess on from my opinion what the things that select are doing at the moment is they're trying to get as much stock in collectors hands yeah um, and if that can continue to happen and even what the cherry did like you know we talked about the other day Cherry were doing really cheap stuff pre-release, pre-order, yeah. things that could have been five, $600, they were selling for $300. Now, yeah. I'm sure they could hang on to that stock, wait for it to land and make double the money. But instead, they'd prefer to sell it at one or two boxes each and get people actually holding it, opening it, ripping it, doing all that what, What's things. interesting is a lot of people would counter that and say, well, no, it's just the flippers buying it early. But I'm going to actually combat that a little bit because from what I can see with all the commentary going on online, a lot of people that started receiving those like Hoops premium boxes that were ordered just before Christmas on a special pre-order price from Cherry 
where the expectation was everyone would just be flipping them. A lot of people have been busting them open and posting up photos and stuff of it as well. Yeah, so there you go. So I didn't even know that. So that, that's interesting. So, and that's the thing, because I think when you're looking at it at that price point as well, you're just like, you know what? Why wouldn't, why, why not break this open and let's have a look and, and see see what's in it. How did you go? Did you hit anything nice? Yeah, I, I look, I, I did it with a mate who sort of egged me into it. I, I He was bored and I said, oh, I've got this box of hoops next to me. And he's like, rip, 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 rip. So yeah, we ripped it open and I pulled a couple of Zions and a couple of jars and couple of LeBron. So I was probably nice. lucky from what he told me. That sounds me. like a big box. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I certainly didn't lose any, um, you know, oh, there's, yeah, Gareth saying he, uh, he ripped his box as well. Um, can you, can, sorry, can you throw Shane's comment up on the screen when you get a chance? Yeah, yeah I can. Uh, that, that is like spot on with my sentiment and the way if I can't get what you need, the way you want, adapt and change and make sure you do it. Yeah, that's right. And I think that's where as much as the criticism we hear a lot from people, breakers are actually getting cards in people's hands and getting that stock open so if you can't go and buy a case well you've got extra money to go and hop into breaks or buy cards from ebay's or jump into sales threads or anything like that um you know that i think is a real advantage to the community and shane is absolutely spot on and look you know we've we've talked to shane a lot over you know the last six months of us doing this you've got to adapt um you know, if you want the cards you want, well, it's just going to happen. Yeah, and I, I think it lends to that idea that we as human beings are very focused on how things were or how things are. And as a result of that, we have an expectation that that's how things move forward. Yep. But like in, in, in anything in life, I think we also, uh, as individuals, as humans, we need to adjust our expectations based on the conditions of what's taking place trading cards and sports trading cards and AFL cards in particular are not where they were 12 months ago, six months ago, two years ago, I would even say three months ago. And it's because of the amount of the increase in the ongoing increase in the frequency of the new participants and old participants and and to the scale and volume that they're they're participating. It means that the, the manufacturers and the distributors and everyone in between have to make adjustments as to how they service the marketplace and service the hobby. So I think, you know, you and I have an expectation that although nothing's been said about it, it, it's clear that the direction seems to be that demand massively outstrips the supply at a release level. And as a result, the manufacturers need to adjust how they're releasing to try and ensure more people can access product. So we'll, let's say, you know, releases like Prestige where we really saw it kick in and then Dominance again where people were able to buy cases but then other people complained that they didn't get anything, you know, and that they, they wanted cases. Now, I think if you reverse the situation, you end up with the same problem. You take away the cases and the people that got the cases will be upset they didn't get the cases anymore, but the people who missed out altogether will be happy that they got one box. Yep. So it's it lends to the notion that you can't actually please anyone, everyone. You can only please some people in in every type of situation. But as a result, the manufacturers and the distributors and the companies still need to make the adjustments to try and appease the many, as opposed to just the few. But I think in the end, you can't you can't win. Like 
If you're select, you can't win. If you're a concert promoter, you can't win. Like that's that's the reality. It doesn't matter what it is. There's always going to be interpretations and it's subjective. The, na- the subjective nature of it that go goes both ways. But I think we need to to have that level of expectation that there'll be ongoing changes and adjustments as to how these companies release their products and put them to market. Yeah, and, and look, I was gonna and look, Ashley. I'll put Ashley's comment up. Um, you know, that's not entirely true. If you buy a case, you usually guaranteed certain cases. If I go into a break, then I'm not guaranteed that's anything cool. yeah. and not for the price of the initial case would it cost. And that's right. But actually, I'll counter that with that if every single person goes and gets a case, as what Jenks just said, then lots of people miss out on boxes and all those sorts of things. And the reality is people hoard cases. You know, one thing that we've seen through 2020 is that so many cards and so much old stock has all been opened from the demand from breakers and people wanting to get into it. And I think on a bigger holistic level, Select or um, uh, Panini or whoever it might be, they want the stock opened. They don't want it sitting on someone's shelf or someone's cupboard for six months, 12 months, whatever. They want the stock out there. So again, look, it's hard to make everyone happy. Um, and there, there was a uh, there was a question a little bit earlier about, you know, what will happen with supremacy. And look, we don't know either way where the supremacy is coming. I think it's probably a fair assumption that it is. Well, but- I, from look, everything I've heard over the last 12 months that's been indicators is coming, you know, nine months ago, there was a, a former employee very clearly said on the live stream supremacy in 2021. So, and I think it was always said in 2019 when it came out that it was always, it was going to skip a year and come back in 2021. So my, uh, my certain expectation at the moment is yes, it's coming. Do what other releases we see this year? I don't know. Well, I think on, we, yeah. on, we'll get to that. But I guess more to follow up on my point is that, would you believe this, Jenks? I don't know if you know this, but I think there was like a 10 or a 20 case limit on supremacy. There was a 20 case limit on supremacy. Can can you believe that in in this day and age that you would be able to buy 20 cases of the most premium release? That's what I mean, though. You look at the difference in 15 months. That was 15 months ago, AJ. It was only 15 months ago. 15 months ago, it took 72 hours to sell out the most premium release of all time with a 20 case limit on it, yeah? Fast forward to now, if there was a 20 case limit on it, maybe what would last one and a half seconds, as long as whatever the time that the system could handle it, that's how long it would last. You put a you put one case on it, which who knows what's what the what the situation is going to be here. But any amount, like my opinion is based on where things are at, a product like Supremacy, it doesn't matter what amount of the limit is, the limit that's gets absolutely. reached in the same amount of time. It's irrelevant. That's and that that is the the clear indicator of how much things have changed, and that's when people yeah outstripping supply correct, and people start to need to start to think about that and go okay, well although it's much harder to collect cards right now, well look at the difference like that is the tangible difference between the marketplace fourteen months ago, fifteen months ago, and and now, and what has happened in such a short period of time. Yeah, and and I guess this you know, ties in nicely to your comment you just made there, Eddie. Can you see the likes of Big W and Kmart being stockers of cards like in the States? Well, I would say probably no. Like things like Footy Stars that is the is the first release every year. I believe they're available in Coles and 7-Eleven and Woolworths and things like that. Um, so they sort of tick the boxes there. But as we've said, these hobby releases, 
you know, whether it's prestige or supremacy or any of those sorts of things, they sell out in like a second. And even if, you know, my gut feeling is supremacy, I'd be shocked if there is any more than a one or two box limit. I think it would be very, very similar to like what Dominance was last Mm. year. They're going to, well, sorry, Dominance was big, but so what Brilliance was, where it's going to be limited to a couple of boxes. Yeah. I, I really can't see it being a lot bigger. Um, so can I see it going mainstream? No. Um, and my gut is kind of, I hope that it doesn't because we don't want to see a repeat of what happened in the eighties and the nineties where there was infinite amount of product. They were just printing cases after cases of cases, and then it just dilutes absolutely everything that's around. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, look again, you know, Ashley made a really strong point about, you know, people wanting to get cases and things like that. Unfortunately, I think those days are gone. I just, I can't, I, I'm, you might be out of footy stars, who knows, but I just can't see cases of stock being sold. Yeah. Hobby product. Uh, it, it, you know, it's obviously an unknown what's going to happen, but I've I certainly, yeah, I, I've lowered my expectations. I'm not expecting that we can just go order whatever we want of supremacy and all this sort of stuff again. Like I, I think that that's, yeah, as you said, those days are gone. It's shifted. The sands have totally shifted. And as much as we may want to be peeved off about it, uh, we also, or me personally, I expect and have an understanding that that's, that's what's constantly happening. It's evolving. Everything's evolving. And every operator at every level, whether they're the manufacturer through to the collector and the breaker and the flipper and everyone in between, everyone has to adjust their expectations on an ongoing basis moving forward with trading cards. And we need to really... You know, we we need to acknowledge the hand that we're dealt and how we best work within those parameters. So, if there's significant restrictions on stock, okay, well, we know that as collectors, we can only then get a handful of boxes or whatever it may be. Well, as you said before, our bankroll should remain the same, and it just means okay, there's going to be less tradeability from stock that we open, and it means we're going to have to be purchasing more cards for our sets, but we will have saved the money because we didn't spend it on the sealed packets and and boxes. And cases and everything so it's it's all relative like i think it's all relative notwithstanding that the prices of everything is going up the price of singles are much yep. more expensive now but that means the price of any cards you acquired before the boom took place are worth a lot more now as well so again it's all relative and one is offsetting the others and look there's no one that wants cases more than us <laughs> like we you know we we don't we don't work for select i can tell you right now i would love a case of supremacy give me and- cases yeah, give me cases. That's right. Give me cases. And look, Paul <laughs> made a good point there that um, they'll get swamped with multiple orders. Well, the problem is, Paul, I would argue that even if it's a case per person, there's going to be multiple orders. Any, you know, people are going to get friends, flatmates, family, whatever to go and order, whether it's one box, two box, five box, ten box. You know, yeah. that unfortunately is an issue that I guess Panini deal with or Cherry or Select or any of those guys are going to need to deal with. So... Yeah, um, I think that's just unfortunately what it is. Um, that Brody, that's a really good question from you. That you know, there needs to be good value for money in the box. And I don't actually argue that, um, select you know, I can't talk about NBA stuff because personally, I can't, I can't see the value in it. You know, you hit jackpot or you hit nothing, but I would argue that the select stuff at the moment. It's pretty hard, like brilliance. It was almost impossible to lose on any box you bought. 
the yeah, worst even, even if you hit, as you would say in poker terms, and you always say to me, if you hit the nut low in uh, brilliance, you're yeah. still basically getting your money back. Unless you were selling into a wave of fire sales, you're getting you were getting your money back every day of the week there. You yeah. couldn't lose. And I think collation and product being stacked through and through all the way from, from dominance 2019, they nailed it with the series in terms of creating the value with single cards. Um, yeah, well, I think, and Dylan's asking a question, you know, is this an issue of gamble disappears? I think I'm reading that right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a gamble in everything you do, whether you're buying a packet or a box or you're buying a case, you're effectively gambling on what you're getting out of it. Well, technically, opening a bunch of product yourself is the same as going in a break, except you're, you're not paying for the digitized service to see it through a, a screen on a live stream and the cards are getting sent to you. But otherwise, you, you're effectively, the ratios are obviously different with what, what you're, you're gambling, you're, the numbers associated with your gambling, but it's ultimately the same thing. Like at the end of the day, we, we open product as collectors and as individuals within the hobby for a few different reasons. One, we open it to build sets if we're master set collectors or team set collectors or whatever it is. But ultimately, we're all chasing the big hits. That's what we want. We want to hit the big cards because the big cards are either great for our collections, they're great to sell to buy more cards, they're great to trade with, but that's ultimately, we don't go and buy, you don't go and buy half the packets in a box to not want the signature in a series two product. Like ultimately you're trying to get minimum of a signature box hit and you're chasing case hits. That's, that's uh, so it's all can be viewed as a gamble in one way or another. And it's probably why so many people from poker, for example, which we've established recently and, and other people that like to, to punt on horses and things like that are very attracted to trading cards as well. Because the difference is you have the gamble and it's not just a financial return. You gamble and you get something physical and tangible in your hand that you can cherish and you can enjoy at a number of different levels. And it's also no different to any other collectibles, whether it's artwork or something else. When someone buys a painting to put on their wall, as much as they don't want to acknowledge it, they're gambling on something they're buying it because it's going to look nice on their wall and they want it on their wall. But what they don't want to be told is 10 years later, it's worth half what they paid for it. Yep. So a lot of people try and purchase from upcoming artists who they believe will establish really well. And what determines the value is the quality of the artist and the quantity. So you compare that to, to cards, well, quality of the player, quality of the card, the team and the quantity. It, it's the same factors apply really, in my opinion anyway. Yeah, and Dale's just asked a question. Do you think people would trade a box of Supremacy 1 for a box of Supremacy 2? Well, I mean, I I have not been able to put my hands on any Supremacy 1 for a while. And, I mean, you'd get $1,500, you know, pretty much from anybody for a box of Supremacy now. And, again, who knows what they're going to charge for Supremacy 2 if they do it. But I'm pretty sure that's going to be a fairly easy trade, Dale. But if you've got a whole pile of them sitting under your shelf, feel free to reach out to either AJ or myself and we, yeah. will, uh, we will certainly do something for you. Absolutely. Uh, Luke Matheson has said, said something interesting there and it's probably going to go over the head of a lot of people. Yep. And it's interesting, Luke, you mentioned this. I, I don't know a heap about it. Someone actually only put it really well onto my radar yesterday because I was having a look at an article associated with it um, talking about exactly that. Could it be something that the AFL could do once technology advances? So... For those who want to check it, yeah, so so Luke, just correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's effectively purchasing of digital cards that don't exist in a physical form, but it works off proper licensed images and everything like that. Now, I could be completely wrong with this. So Luke, uh, 
If you want to drop a comment, just maybe with a really brief overview and even a link or something for our, our viewers and listeners to check out, that would be fantastic as well. But uh, it's definitely, it's a modernized technology-based concept of investing and speculating as opposed to collecting with respect to, to trading cards, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, look, it seems common sense that in this current day and age that we're living in, that there is going to be some sort of digital card or digital collectible that becomes highly desirable in the future. Yeah. You know, I know Team Coach kind of do yeah. that a little bit. Um, and, you know, who knows what they're going to do this year. But I'm sure it's just a matter of time before Select or Panini or Team Coach or something like that take it to the next level with yeah. digital stuff well in theory like to be honest with you team coach and we probably don't give them very much airtime because they haven't been huge in the collectors community over the last few years but they, their cards used to be very collectible but aside from being really collectible at different points in time they are huge global innovators in card gaming and sports oh. card gaming yeah, actually sorry a few people saying blockchain i do know what this is i have heard of this luke yeah uh, another actually ashley beckworth who is um, another regular in the community, he was talking to me about them, about yeah, that, blockchain that, yeah, that, yeah, the blockchain stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's technology-based. So they're not physical cards, they're digital. Sorry, as I was saying, so Team Coach, for those who don't realise, everything is, is game-driven and a lot of it's to do with kids playing the game. But I think you'll find in the older Team Coach stuff, adults and collectors were playing their online games in order to acquire short print cards that couldn't be done out of packets and boxes. Yep. And I feel like they've already shown the signs and I'm obviously aware of different things that, that you know have taken place in terms of conversations between different people in the industry and stuff like that. They seem to be showing signs of trying to move that further back into that direction. So we saw a bit of it in 2020, but I would think that 2021 and beyond it is probably an opportunity for them to start to further get back into the collector's market as well. But in terms of online gaming and connecting digitization and technology to cards, I think they've done it really well domestically. My understanding is they actually own some of the international trademarks that other card companies use for their gaming product and everything as well. So yeah, let, 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 you know, I, I, that's an interesting space. And I would expect that, that Team Coach would really be leading the charge domestically in the online gaming side of things or technology-based collecting for trading cards locally anyway. So we might have to reach out to them and see if we can get a yeah. bit more information, especially yeah. if they are sort of investigating that. But definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, watch that space. We'll, uh, we'll look into it. And look, yeah. you know, heaps of guys are talking about all sorts of similar stuff here. So we'll, uh, we'll definitely look at, oh, what's Luke saying here? First goal. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. So an example in AFL would be the footage of rookie's first goal or Dusty's goal in a grand final. Yeah. Yeah, good call. It's pretty interesting. Um, I just need to give a big shout out to uh, Adrian, to Adrian Zuccarelli. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know Adrian really from a bar of soap. We'd spoken a couple of times during the commentary on Card Authority, and uh, I got uh, uh, hey AJ, AJ. Whilst I was uh, in the middle of the Paradise Centre grabbing a boost juice with my kids, and I turn around and there was a lovely gentleman with his young family as well. Said, "Mate, are you uh, are you AJ from Card Authority?" It was a very interesting moment for me because being someone that's from the entertainment industry, I'm used to uh, looking after very high-profile artists and things like that, and I'm generally on the other side of those uh, those types of things. So a massive shout-out to one of our big viewers and listeners, uh, Adrian, who's in the live chat right now, and uh, 
all the best to uh, Adrian and his uh, his lovely wife and, and the family uh, as well. And I hope they had a good rest of their holiday up in the Gold Coast. And it was great to to have someone acknowledge uh, Card Authority as well. Uh, that was James, a, a very James, cool moment. Yeah. You haven't been wearing your I'm AJ from Card Authority t-shirt again. Yeah, that's right. I've, got, I've just got a thing that says Card Authority AJ2 on the back. But uh, sure. merchandise coming soon. There you go. <laughs> Watch this space. Watch this space. <laughs> Well, I guess that's sort of, you know, we've sort of talked about it a little bit, but let's have a little talk about 2021 projections. And yeah. obviously we've talked a little bit ourselves about, um, Adrian is in the chat. Thanks. Uh, thanks for reaching out, Adrian. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously, look, we've we've spoken a few times to about what we think will be happening. So obviously this is certainly your opportunity in the, in the chat if you guys want to ask some questions. You know, we don't know anything. But the one thing I do know, all right, I reached out to Select last week. I was, uh, you know, obviously we speak to everybody, but, um, you know, we don't know them. We're not, we're not associated. I just want to say it again. We get asked all the time. Um, but I can confirm that I know when Footy Stars 2021 will be released. Everyone ready? Get your pens and paper ready. Save your shekels. Sunday, February 21st, they wow. will be releasing Footy Stars 2021. I love how you don't even tell me and I'm the co-host of the podcast with you and I'm literally like, I just like literally just wrote it down then. Like, thank you. Thanks very much. Very so, nice. Very nice. I'm, I'm glad when they tell you you're under confidentiality with your, the, with what they said to you that you that literally don't even tell me. I, I thought you were about to say the 1st of March. That's I know. Sick. Well, I'm again. I don't know how they're going to do the distribution again. I don't work for Select. I don't know anything about it. But <laughs> they, they have confirmed to me that Sunday the twenty first will be the on sale date. That would be my guess is because it's a bigger order than Brilliance or whatever. They probably want to make sure they can get it out to everyone by the first of March, which is generally when they release Footy Stars. So yeah. again, fantastic effort Select being on the front foot, making sure. Um, not only everyone knows, because obviously there's been a few threads floating around, um, but look, as we get more information, we will obviously share it with you. But at this stage, 21st of February, which is a Sunday, I doubt it sells out all in a day, but who it's knows? It's literally, what, like three and a half weeks away? Wow. I checked on my calendar. It's like 30 days. 30 days. We're going to be ripping new packets in like 35 days. So Getting excited. So, yeah, everyone, um, yeah, but anyway, talking about predictions this year, obviously, um, everyone knows I just want dusty cards, you know, <laughs> hopefully not two and a half thousand of them, but I would, um, certainly be very excited. And, um, yes, well, Sean, I, uh, I had to uh, keep it up my sleeve because I didn't even put it in our running notes. So, Jenks had no idea, but I literally, like, legit, legit, had no idea, like, unreal. Can you believe this bloke kept that information from me? That's sick. Well, I mean, you're going up and buying, like, you know, excessive stock, and you don't tell me about that either. So, sure. all your soccer cards. Um, yes, NRL is being released mid March. I did see some an email from APT Collectibles, Anthony Trigger. He was talking about NRL's. Um, Mid-March. Yeah, mid-March. Yeah, mid maybe a pre-sale happens end of February, something like that. But, yeah, yeah smart. Footy stars are going to be well and truly in the market. And I think the footy starts, oh, shit, 3rd of March, 8th of March, something like that. So people will have cards in their hands, which will be great. That's interesting as well because I feel like 
normally when does team coach normally come out? That normally comes out what late March, early April. So yeah, it's interesting that, that they've managed to separate so much from each other as well, and that's probably a really good thing. Um, it's a really good thing. Look, I'll, I'll be honest. Like I'm really expecting both select and team coach, given the current climate, continue to step up what they're doing. Yeah, what they're doing to deliver. Like it makes sense. Here is a golden opportunity for the only two licensees in Australia of AFL product to of AFL trading cards to 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 release product into what is what could be the biggest market that the hobby has actually seen, like the biggest marketplace the hobby's seen for for decades, if not ever. Like I'd argue that trading cards right now are the biggest they've ever been and they're gonna continue to get bigger and bigger as well. So probably having all, all the different releases domestically in Australia be apart from each other and not during like the same weeks or the same couple of weeks is a, is a huge benefit to the community and the collectors. Yeah, I agree with Graham there as well. Very smart move, very smart move. Because the momentum, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, the heat has not come out of the market at all. It has been steaming along. Now, I feel like there was alleviation at certain points to let a little bit of steam out here and there, just let it puff out a little bit. And then boom, they're just firing up the boilers at the yep. right time and it's just chugging along. Yeah, absolutely. And look, Ashley, sir, I'll put your comment, I'll put it back up on the screen. I mean, I don't know, but I mean, they've always sold footy stars at news agents and supermarkets and stuff yeah, like sure, that. Surely it can, yeah, I, I would think it's going to be the same. Yeah, it would make sense. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Um, what's the best way to find out when exclusive select cards come out? Laughing's answered the question right there. KJ1, that's right. Yeah, there you go. The guy with all the inside info. I swear Um, to God, Sean, I used to be the guy that had all the info back in the day until this bloke came along. That's why you're AJ too. Um, What's the best way to find out when exclusive select cards come out so we don't miss out? I obviously read out all these questions because for podcasting and people that, you know, are listening through audio methods. Um, I authority is the answer. Obviously, card authority. Don't message me personally. but keep it on card authority and also select have really upped their game in social media, which is something that I've noticed over the last few months too. Um, maybe because I'm looking at a little bit more detail, but I would definitely suggest follow select on Facebook. I think they're, oh, they're on Instagram as well. Um, they are probably the best and their website's pretty good these days too. Whoever they got to do their site is certainly, um, you know, huge improvements. So I would say keep your eyes on all those things. Obviously, as soon as we hear anything, even if we see it, we um we will certainly bring it to market as soon as yeah. we can. Either I think market. historically as well, like people have always said, very little information made its way to market before releases. A release would sort of just drop on you and that would be that and you'd bust it to get checklists and find out all the information, all that sort of stuff. I think we see uh, certainly Select and Team Coach as well and all brands for that matter have probably come to embrace uh, social media and the interest from the public a bit more and probably getting a better understanding of releasing information, imagery, visuals, all that sort of stuff actually creates a lot more hype and excitement and momentum as well and leads to probably less phone calls and emails going to the companies and all that sort of stuff too. So I really hope they do continue to roll out the way they did with Brilliance. I felt like yeah. that, that was a step above what they've done previously. And if that's a sign that they're trying to innovate, use technology well, use new media really well, then, you know, I think it's logical to think they're going that direction. Well, I mean, that would be something I would love to project. And again, I don't know, but 
how you know we talked about on length how good uh, Lynn was. You know the girl I know yeah. from poker when she did the Bruins release. You know, hopefully they continue to do some video stuff like that this year. I think that was a great way to build hype for releases. Yeah. Um, whether they don't, whether they do it for everything or they do it for some, I think that was fantastic. Yeah, definitely, definitely, um, definitely. Shane asking will they be showstoppers? Well, I mean, I don't know. Um, I remember I did hear some whispers late last year about a showstopper platinum or a showstopper something. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it was a pretty good series. So I, I suppose that, that begs the question of do we expect they're going to do like a presti- prestige or something similar to prestige, which is we'll call it a, a 1.5 release, which is effectively was a, it was a hobby slash parallel type product to footy stars at a higher price point, lower numbering, but we did see reincarnations or parallels of the same cards there. So it's a matter of, okay, so if we believe that that series is coming out, which in my mind, it makes absolute sense that if it wasn't prestige, it would have to be something similar because it was so successful. So does that mean there needs to be two more new showstoppers if that's the case? So if there's a showstopper in footy stars, then there would have to be. So if the rumor was, okay, we all heard the rumor about there's a platinum showstopper and we were expecting it in dominance, but it ultimately was an influential instead, it means, okay, well, if there's a platinum showstopper in footy stars, does there then become like a diamond showstopper in prestige or, or showstopper signature? Oh yeah. And that's something again that that got floated around a little bit as well. Showstopper signature, showstopper see redemption, perhaps the guys are saying. Or rainbows. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Like obviously the reds and the greens were, were certainly, uh, were certainly very popular. I mean, doing some other ones of those would be awesome. Imagine yeah. if it was like, Actually, I was speaking to Luke Francis the other night um, from Planet of the Breaks, and he was saying, imagine if there was a dusty yellow. And I'm like, ooh, or a dusty gold. <laughs> ooh, 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 that'd be expensive. What, what's a color that you wouldn't like, eh? I don't think there's any color I'd like. It there you go. Like, um, nice. Dusty cards are good. Um, do you think they'll still have BNF cards on the albums? If, oh, I'll put this up on the screen. Do you think, from Matt, do you think they'll still have BNF cards in the albums? I would like so, to. I think so, think because what's the incentive? Yeah, it's a good incentive to buy the albums. Have they uh, had the best and fairest at Carlton? Is that right, Matt? I didn't know that. Really, how did, they, how did... Was it due to COVID that they didn't have the BNF? That's, sure. uh, that's interesting. I didn't know that either. So was there not 18 best and fairest cards? Well, I mean, we wouldn't know yet. We haven't seen the cards. But oh, you're saying for because of this, this time. I, I thought he was saying in 2020 there was, no, there was no Carlton. But there was... Yeah. Um, I don't know, Matt. That is a really good question. I I didn't know. Um, that is a good question. Um, careful that junk wax doesn't become a thing. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, the, the I see what, what's happening. Yeah, what's happening now is takes away from the junk the junk wax theory, which was what killed everything in the nineties. Was as the hobby became more popular and more mainstream, and there was more inve- more money being thrown into it the manufacturers were only looking at a short-term primary market opportunity. So what they did was rather than putting out more variations, they just increased the overall volume. And that's also an era where there was no numbering. So people don't know what the print runs were for individual cards or your big hits or whatever. I think what precludes that from happening now is that everything's numbers based and it's all finite. And I think the manufacturers and especially following the lead of Panini and Tops, understand the concept that the way collecting works is variations work. So therefore you release lower volume 
of more amount of variation products and you yep. should retain demand within the market. Whereas all of a sudden, if cards that were previously numbered to 50 become numbered to 400 because they push the print runs out, it devalues the entire secondary market and that has a really detrimental effect on the primary market sales. And as a result, you see basically what happened with the junk wax situation. I think the reality is if cards don't retain value on the secondary market as singles, then it decreases the intent to purchase sealed stock and reduces the demand and value of the sealed stock and therefore you have a decline. Uh, Daniel, you must have just tuned in saying <laughs> select world details of footy stars mid-feb so it will come out early march i reckon and i believe the Carlton festin ferris is in february well as i sort of talked about 10 minutes ago they are selling it on the 21st of february so mate it's uh it doesn't matter when the best and fairest is the stock would be on the boat so it's uh the ship has sailed literally is my guess if they don't already have it here in melbourne it's uh it's not getting printed now would be my guess so yeah so just to clarify do you know the 21st of february the day, that's the day is that the day is actually available in hand or that's the day people can order and buy order i think and i think again i i haven't you know i don't know but i believe that they always want it released basically the first week of march so yeah. they're going to take pre-orders like they have with a few of the other previous orders yeah. and then everyone will have it in their hand by i guess the first week of march yeah so, yeah, 21st of February is the order date. You will be able to order that stock that day. Yeah. Um, Gareth, yes, we want to rip too. Rip, rip, rip. Always want to rip. Uh, we'd love the return of the best of the best. What are the best of the best? Janks, do you know what they are? Yeah, best of the best were these uh, cards from uh, <clears throat> several years ago where, correct me if I'm wrong, Shane, was there four players from each club, I believe, that they were. And it was just all marquee players. Cards are pretty nice. Pretty sure I have a Nick Rewalt and a Lenny Hayes one. I could be so completely wrong. Players on one card. Sorry. Oh, actually, I'd say the best of it. Is it three players? Best of the best. I, th I, I thought it was four. But it could okay. be. Could well, be I mean, they, uh, they sound awesome. Giddy up. That, that best and fairest situation with Carlton's an interesting one. Imagine there's a redemption. Gently. Well, I mean. Carlton Best and Ferris in February have to be kind of the Jetta players, Inc. They wanted a full turnout to celebrate the retirements that year. Yeah. I mean, I cannot, oh, I mean, I don't know. I cannot imagine they would have a redemption for uh, a BNF card that gets put into a folder. Maybe. So it'd be a bit of a shit show, but uh, who knows? It's an interesting one because what do they do? They only run 17 Best and Ferris cards. It's. But they're not, they're not numbered, are they? So how could you do a well, redemption of an unnumbered card? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you can't. You're right. Yeah, I don't know what happens there. Let's uh, watch this space. This is a good one. So this is a good topic that's being raised here. You know, I don't know what you're going to do about Carlton, but good luck with that. Yeah, good luck um, with that. They'll probably just make it Cripper because he is the best and fairest. Well, he, no, he wouldn't have won. No way. Um, what were your thoughts on the die-cut cards, waste of space? Well, I mean, they're not as much of a waste of space as the jigsaws. God, please, no jigsaws. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? In fairness, the kids like the jigsaws. Oh, yeah. I had to do three folder sets. Yeah, that's true. And, and plus, 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 plus for other friends, my kids' friends and stuff as well. But uh, we, we also need to keep in mind that Footy Stars... Oh, yeah, you're, right, you're, you're, you're right, Sean. They did in uh, the TLA Cricket. But that's, that's a redemption for the Premiership for this season because obviously people are ripping cards open. It's kind of... 
almost like a premiership redemption. So slightly different, I think. But you're right. That's an unnumbered card, which they're doing a redemption for for cricket. So maybe. maybe. Oh, yeah, Martin. Martin Davis, good idea. Maybe they do it like a highlights. Oh, yeah. That could work. I mean, Select love doing highlights. So, I mean, the cards are probably worth 10 or 15 bucks. Is that probably right? So, yeah, that could work. Yeah, good idea. You're basically doing the job for them. But at the same time, that takes away the incentive as to why people buy the folders. The folders are a good purchase early on because you get those cards with them. Like a lot of hobby stores, in fairness, buy the folders up, take out the best and fairest cards, list them as singles, and then resell the folders at a cheaper price, which is also really? good because it's economical for other people. Yeah, a lot of stores do that. I didn't know that. Yeah, a lot of stores do that. Kelly, my kids love the jigsaws. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I guess as a breaker, there is nothing worse than having to pack jigsaws. Like I've had many conversations with Luke from Planet saying that jigsaws were the bane of his existence, packing them away. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah, the kids might love it. And I guess Footy Stars is a kid's product. Well, that, that's the thing. Ultimately, like the requirement you would think from the AFL is Footy Stars is there to get kids involved. I suppose what Select needs to look at is now finding a balance moving forward into the future where they achieve the result of providing a product for the kids. But how do you then carry both carry those kids through by offering them something a little bit better and something to look forward to, but also provide something that's also suitable for the collector base as well. Look, what they did in 2020 was no doubt there was like pumping a shot of steroids into footy stars, basically, the way that went with collation, numbering, showstoppers, you know, all of a sudden one in two case hits, uh, dual box numbered hits, all that sort of stuff. They loaded that product up. And I dare say that footy stars 2020 for a series one product is probably the most collected version of footy stars in existence. And it probably brought a whole bunch of new people who were, just trying it on for size or dipping their toe in who have become full-blown collectors because of cards they hit in footy stars. Yeah. Marty with a question, AFLW signature card in footy stars. Well, I mean, that makes sense. They do AFLW <coughs> commons, I believe. Yes. Yeah. They introduced that last year, one common per packet, was it? They did have a bunch of AFLW commons from memory in 2019, but... The sick thing's interesting. That rumor was floating around last year as well that that Footy Stars was going to have AFLW signatures in it. And I remember trying to test the waters with a few people and see what the vibe was. And overwhelmingly, people were like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Whether I they have value or not, I don't know. My, yeah. my only guess is why that wouldn't happen is that um, we've been in COVID times. So there haven't really been signatures in um, Footy Stars previously off the top of my head. And I can't see how they've had mass signatures being done in the last six to eight months, which is pretty much the lead-in time, I believe, for any product. I mean, we saw how hard it was for them to get signatures for the Bruins cards. Yeah. So the fact that they might have done one from every team or a couple, like, my gut feeling is no, but, hey, I think um, it's only a matter of time before that happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, print predictors back at 40 stars, equally short run this year. Maybe. That would be awesome. I mean, um, obviously, the Richmond one's the only one that matters. So, you know, make sure you get those. But, um, yeah, maybe. I mean, who doesn't like a good predictor? For those who know how many breaks I went in around the releases of uh, Footy Stars, Prestige, Dominance, everything, you saw me on every single break page, pretty much two spots in every single break every night on every page. One of the only decent cards I hit was, in fact, the Silver Premiership 
predictor. And one of the only cards that Jeffries didn't have was the silver premiership predictor. So basically the way it works is even when Janky wins, Janky still loses. Well, I mean, it's going to a good home. That yeah, a, of course it is. That was a yeah. very exciting yeah. day when I, I, I have a gold, but I don't have a silver. And then you're like, oh, I'm not sure if mine's gold or silver. And I was away at the time, wasn't I? Yeah. 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 So I, I came over your place. I opened the That's mail right. and he <laughs> Yeah. And I, I don't think I ever actually got to see the package. Uh, no, you didn't. I threw it yeah, I haven't even seen what it looks like because you just took it. Yeah, very safely in my drawer. Very nice. Uh, AFLW insert card. Well, again, yeah, Peter, I, I think um, AFLW stuff is only going to increase, you know, whether it's footy styles or it's in other releases. Maybe AFLW cards in supremacy. Hmm. That's going to be cool. That, that could work. That could work. That would certainly gain a bit of attention. Um... An all acetate release like, oh, sorry, I put it on the screen from Capitan. An all acetate release for like Prism NFL would be amazing. Yeah, it would be. Acetate's cool. We've obviously seen a lot of acetate um, with both Footy Stars and the Cricket product. The Cricket product has the acetate oh, cards. Star tunes. Yeah, yeah, the Star Tunes. What's really interesting about those Star Tunes is they're generic inserts, but they look awesome. They yeah. feel superior to most other cards in the series, but they don't have the value simply because of their frequency. Yeah, so, actually, again, that, that's potentially something where, like, a TLA could actually improve there and take on the feedback that, ultimately, your highest quality cards in terms of physical production is one of your lowest value cards that comes out of your boxes. So work out a way to increase the value by reducing the volume and the quantity and the frequency of that as a hit and, yeah. and let it value on the secondary market to what a card of such high quality should actually be worth. That, that again... Mate, we should be card collators, but that obviously then helps bring up the price of your your stock and your Correct. product. That suddenly your lower end cards are more desirable and worth more. Yeah, and it makes your higher end inserts look even better. Yeah, no, I agree. More okay. Good question, Capitano. Yeah, well good. done, Capitano. I saw something before that. I, oh, sorry, just on that premiership predictor uh, premiership predictor thing. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Do we think we'll see? So, I think. It would make absolute sense for it to remain in Series 1 because it provides an, an in-season chase. So yep. the difference between the Premiership predictors this year and previously, or between 2020 and previously, was that it was a, ultimately a Series 2 product where it was one card that redeemed whoever the winner was, and as a result, there was a much higher quantity, and therefore it doesn't have such a high value. Whereas when they put it into Footy Stars into Series 1, it means they release for each team, and they did two variations, obviously. So... Two for each teams means there's 36 of them, so they can heavily reduce the numbering of each individual card for each team, which means the team that actually wins has a much, much higher value card. So rather than a Prem Redemption set being worth $80 to $120, I'm assuming, and I haven't really looked at what they're moving at, they're now in well into the hundreds of dollars, I would have thought, because they're actually much rarer. Um, also, what it does is it creates a during-season chase, so people keep wanting to acquire the product and keep wanting to open the product. Whereas in the past, you would thrash footy stars for one or two weeks. You'd be set complete, chase complete, nothing else really to go after, except if you were speculating around Brownlow predictors or you were master setting it. Whereas now, I think what they did in 2020 changes the way it's consumed and a way it changes the way the product's consumed, where it makes the product relevant 
basically in perpetuity or in eternity, basically, where you're, you're chasing your brown lows from start of the season all the way through to the end based on week-by-week week performance, and the same then starts to apply with the premiership predictors. So I would think that now remains probably in Series 1. I think it's smart. I think if they pulled it from Series 1, it's probably a, an error of judgment, to be honest. Do you think that um, it's necessary to have a gold and a silver? I think they actually probably need to do it for numbering purposes for the total print run because okay. footy, footy Stars has to be produced in such a high quantity to service all the mass merchants, so all the supermarkets, service stations, department stores, etc. So in order to achieve the total volume run of packets, boxes, cases, they need they need the amounts in, in terms of the collation. So that makes sense. It, it's, I, I suppose it begs the question of, well, if they made it only one variation, they would go from, what, 175 to 350, but they would also become one in two boxes, not one in one box, unless they added another hit in. So you, you basically lose a, you'd lose a box hit because it would become one in every two boxes. There would be the same total quantity of predictors overall, you just have a single colour that increases in numbering. Again, if it were, look, you, you could do it. It's much of a muchness, but I would think that losing that hit in a box means it would have to be replaced by something else. Yeah. yeah. Glenn, obviously just tuned in, mate. 21st of February, Footy Stars 2021 is on sale. Sunday, February 21. And yes, it is just the standard Footy Stars. I reckon AJ2 straight after the live stream's over will put up a post on Card Authority announcing the release date. Yep. Good work. Good work. Um, Okay. So obviously we've talked about Footy Stars. And again, keep firing your questions. Prestige, I know personally, I can't wait for that supremacy we've talked about. What else do you think they're going to do this year? So there's obviously going to be a Series 2. I don't see or a legacy. Yeah, but, well, but how, how's it possibly dominance? Because you look at the way it's worked with the captain signatures, nine and nine. So it's not like they could just keep pumping out captain signatures every year because you end up with half the same players. But it's, yeah. So I just don't see how that's possible. So once you take out the captain signature, I think you start to take, you, you detract from the dominance as a brand. And I think historically, Series 2 releases have always only been two there'd be two of each release or in some cases, one of each release. What would I like to see? I'd love to see legacy number two. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. Like to me, legacy two would be logical. The future hall of fame round number two would be logical as it's one of the most desirable subsets around. Um, I would love to see legacy two. I think legacy was an amazing series as well as with dominance, but I'd love to see legacy two. If not, probably would on a personal level, like to see something brand new. There's not many other previous series that I, I think are amazing. I think Honours were not great at all. Both Honours 1 and 2 were rubbish. Or well, not rubbish, they weren't great. I thought Honours 1 was very disappointing. Honours 2, they fixed it up a bit. But uh, it's it's the same as like, you know, your Cert 16 and a Cert 17 where the influentials were introduced, stuff like that. So, yeah, maybe it's a start. I don't know. I really hope either Legacy or something new altogether. And look, Legacy is obviously, I've seen very little of Legacy. I've obviously got the Dusty cards, but um, gee, that would um, that would be exciting. That's just a product that is not around. I think you see it being broken very, very rarely, but yeah, it's just not around at all. 
Adrian with a question there. Do you think they'll go to print runs of five no. or ten for a guard? No, we've talked about this previously, Adrian. I think that um, AFL is so different to NF uh, to NBA that you've got so many team collectors that you're just instantly pissing off like so many people. I think what supremacy goes to twenty five for some cards, so the big signature cards. I can't see it getting any less than that. Yeah, well, you're effectively very quickly making things uh, unattainable. Oh, I think Jenks' headphones are going flat. Watch out. There you go. Oh. All right, cool. Is that better? Oh, I can hear you. Everyone can hear you. Can you hear us? No, you cannot hear us. All right, we'll keep going. So I uh, like the idea of having platinum and diamond showstoppers to have a link between series. Yeah, Cameron, I agree too. I, I like the idea of that as well. Um, I think Legacy 2 will be the next lot of Hall of Fame inductees. Cards are apart from the series. I think it'll be a brand new concept. Yeah, well, as we just sort of said, Dale, I think um, there's a real opportunity to rebirth those cards and maybe create some new inserts. Um, yeah, who knows? Who knows? But I'd be very keen for Legacy. Very Just uh, Sorry, whilst Cameron Stevens is... Uh on the chat at the moment. Correct me if I'm wrong, Cam, you have, I'm pretty sure it's you that's put together the brilliance tracking on uh, Google of all the brilliance cards. If it is you, can you please give everyone a quick update right now in real time as to how many brilliance cards you have tracked down from the whole series, sir? So for people that don't know, and we'll give Cameron a chance to hear this because there's a little bit of lag. At the start of brilliance release, obviously there was 2,200 cards. Cameron created this, if it is Cameron, created this spreadsheet where every photo of every sales post, eBay, whatever, he went and got a screenshot of every card, put it into a Google Doc, and I think he tracked a thousand cards, maybe, like well over half the release. So um, if you haven't seen it, I think we have posted it on a card authority, but certainly Cameron, post it in your in the thread here. Um Go and check it out, guys. And if you've got any brilliance cards that are not in that list, make sure you send a picture to Cameron because it would be an awesome, awesome achievement to be able to see all 2,200 of those cards. Um, yeah, Cameron hasn't replied to us yet. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, Adam's talking about I'd love to see some one-for-one -one printing plates of some of the huge cards. Uh, I just can't see it happening, Adam. I just think um, I think it would piss off too many people having one for one cards. Like I know I would, I wouldn't do jail time for a one of one Dusty, but I mean, <laughs> I would, you know. Let's be honest. We'd all love to have one of ones in our in our sets. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, however, it's the problem is if you're not the person that gets the one of one, does it deter you from even collecting your team or your player moving forward? If you know you don't have a chance of getting something, how much of a deterrence is that? And I think that's an underlying question that the domestic manufacturers across everything in Australia need to continue to, to ask themselves is at what point do you start to alienate people and alienate collectors to the extent the cards become unattainable? And it's that that is a, a point of critical mass, basically, where you tip over the other side. Yeah, so good good question, Adam, but highly unlikely, I think. Oh, Cameron has replied. Yes, it is him. 1,102 cards. Fantastic. So you've got over half of them in your Google Doc. Mate, put a link in the chat here. Um, we will put it up on Card Authority too. So if anyone has any Bruins cards out there that can help Cameron, clearly has some OCD issues, which we completely understand and support. <laughs> but fantastic effort, Cameron. And 
this is a perfect example of people trying things and doing things. I mean, there's no commercial intention here, but um, mate, brilliant, brilliant job. And yeah, thanks to the whole community of everyone that sent pictures of their cards. So Cameron, just so you know, I'm guilty of not having sent you all my photos yet. Um, so we're going to update your list by another seven or eight Saints uh, Saints cards there because uh, yeah I've got it. I, don't, I haven't gone full horde mode this series but I've got three or four of each of the St Kilda ones. Janks, you can't give man a shout out and be actually holding out pictures. That's, I know I'm going to get those to you ASAP, Cam. Real poor form by you. Yeah. Um, well done, Cameron. Fantastic, mate. And um, yeah, good on you. Good on you. I'm sure it was quite time consuming. So good on you for that. Yeah. Um. All right. So look. Obviously, you know, as always, we've been talking for an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, a pretty good time. Well, look, first of all, before I get to everyone's favorite segment, all right, unicorn hunting, um, grading. Just quickly, Jenks, obviously, we've been wanting to talk about grading for a while. There was some really good discussion. I think, was it Bodie that posted a thread on really good Sean, vibes. Sean, it was, was it Bodie and Sean Laffin? I'm pretty sure put up a thread as well, yeah. Uh, well, Sean, sorry, well, Sean. Um, talking about the guys in Sydney, um, CGA, we have reached out to them. We will hopefully get some answers back to some of our questions soon. But we are looking to do a whole episode on grading. Um, it just seems to get pushed back because we're doing things. But maybe we look to do a segment on grading next week before we get too busy with the next release. Yeah. So... Any grading questions you have or um, if you know anyone that's closely associated with PSA and BGS, um, we've obviously reached out to a few people. Um, yes, Aaron, I, I saw that new slab the other day where they were using AI and they're all color-coded and stuff. It looked um, hot. That that slab, it looked hot. It was, uh, what was it? It was a green Zion refractor, so a green Zion rookie parallel prism. Oh, uh, black and green and the label in the slab was black and green and it's all computerized AI grading. So there's no human, there's no human subjectiveness involved in what they're looking at. It's purely based on, on AI. I tagged, I tagged AJ in it. I thought it looked amazing. Whether it takes off or not, I don't know. It's something Gary V has been pushing for a very long time is the fact that it's only a matter of time before uh, AI and computerized grading moves into the space because it's super credible. There's, there's no individual that's looking at it. But uh, yeah, the slab looked awesome. Definitely agree with that. It's definitely something that I want to learn more about. Um, I know there's a couple of guys that are sort of reps almost for both the companies and stuff like that. So look, let's we'll put a pin in the grading conversation till next week. But yeah, if you've got any grading questions or anything like that, send them through to us either personally or through the page and we will yeah. uh, we'll, look maybe we'll, we'll reach out in the meantime let's reach out to Dale. we'll reach out to dale from cherry and also maybe yeah. we'll reach out to lane pierce who does one of the group submissions for psa in australia as well, well see if we can get those guys on deck for a grading yeah. episode yep good idea good idea there's no, there's no doubt grading's heating up and it's becoming more and more prominent across all sports and the conversations are becoming much more significant so it's an indicator that grading is becoming a thing and it, it, it's going to weave its way into AFL, I think, in 2021. No doubt about it at all. And, and onwards, that's right. Yeah. All right. It's been a couple of uh, months since we've jumped back on the unicorn, but it's time for our first unicorn hunting for 2021. 
And Jenks, we've got a ripper here. I'm not even sure if I told you about this or, you, you know, no doubt you wouldn't have read the run sheet. Um, we are after, and ironically, we talked about this set a little while ago. <clears throat> Excuse me. We are after an Aaron Norton DPS from 2018 Select Legacy, numbered to 180. These are a highly, highly sought after card. There are not many of them around. Uh, Hunter has been very desperate to get one of these for his PC. He understands that they're not an overly expensive card. They're probably somewhere between 250, 300. Well, I see, here's the thing. I think they never used to be that sort of money. I hadn't seen one come up for a very long time. And if my memory serves me correctly, about three, four weeks ago, one popped up on eBay at auction. 300 bucks, something it went for. Oh, something like 350 or $360, something huge yeah. for a DPS. And we know that DPSs the last couple of months have been, as with rookie cards, have been moving right up in terms of valuations. Yeah. Um, yeah, Capitan says, almost as rare as the Bailey Smith DPS. It's true. They're both very rare cards. Norton yep. is collected by a number of non-team collectors as well. Um, so that certainly makes his cards more scarce and pushes up the price. Uh, all Norton cards seem to be very hard to find. So, yeah, don't hijack my segment, James, Sorry. as always. Uh, Aaron Norton, DPS, 2018 Legacy, number two, 180. Obviously, as always, the hunter is prepared and ready to pay. If there needs to be a trade involved, obviously, we're certainly happy to help facilitate that. We're not paying for it. We're not paying for it. 2021, we're not paying for it. But we um, will certainly help um, in any way we can. Obviously, we've got lots of cards that we might be able to help either side. Um, but come on, guys. Let's start off 2021 with a bang. Aaron Norton DPS, 2018 Select Legacy, number 280. Make sure you check out the cardauthority.com.au website. We've got all our unicorns that we're still searching for. We did manage to land heaps last year which was well and truly overs of what we expected. So make sure you check the website out. Um, and if you can help this, oh, Mario, so there's a guy in Western Australia. Well, Mario, reach out to him, see what you can do. Let's see if we can start 2021 off with a huge unicorn. So Mario, apparently that guy actually, that's a good point. We might be able to have a good crack at securing one here because apparently that person in WA actually collects Jack Steele cards as well. And I have quite a few Jack Steele cards, of course. So maybe I could throw some Steely in the mix here to help get this unicorn done. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. We'll definitely look into that. Now, AJ, I know we're wrapping it up now, and it's certainly not on the agenda. But before we close this off, mm -hmm. I want to just throw something at you really quickly. All right. In one line, sum up trading cards ahead for 2021 in one line. One sentence. Bigger and better than last year. Wow. It's so similar to what I would have said as well. We're on the same page. Yeah. Mine is absolutely 2020 was the year foundations were set. 2021 is the real deal. Like it. Even though it wasn't one sentence, I like it. I like it. It was a sentence with a comma. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, look, make sure you um, as well, always... Uh, watching this on youtube make sure you give us a subscribe if you're listening on soundcloud itunes spotify or facebook or whatever give us a like follow tell your friends make sure you let guys know we are here for you guys having fun every week now we're back in the saddle look forward to some fantastic shows and releases and info and all that kind of stuff over the coming months and year 
Jenks, as always, you've been exceptional. Thank you. And I guess we'll see you guys next week. See you all next week. And AJ, you're absolutely glowing, mate. I love it. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> oh.